Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Great Iron Blitz, right here on TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Player FM, and every Wednesday, 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern on Indie Rap Radio, as well as right here on Block Talk Radio. Your host, Oscar Lopez, here. We're going to have a great show, 269, a lot to talk about. Week two in the books for WFA, week two in the WNFC. We also have Legends Football League coming up here this weekend on YouTube and in Chicago as the Chicago Bliss taking on the Atlanta Steam, as well as on YouTube, Seattle uh, Miss taking on the Los Angeles Temptation. And big clashes in the WFA this past weekend. We had the D.C. Divas against Pittsburgh Passion, Boston Renegades against the New York Wolves. Uh, so a lot of action that happened this past week, plus the return of the St. Louis Slam in action this weekend as well. So we are going to have in the house today to talk all women's football all for the two hours here we're going to be talking and a couple things in the NFL but other than that pretty much a lot of women's tackle football to talk about and who better to talk with than obviously the Burmeister which is uh Michael Burmy of Club Burmy and he's in the house and uh, Burmy has been on Burmy tour for 2019 and so before we kick off with Burmy here just want to give our condolences out to uh, coach uh Odessa Jenkins who apparently uh her mother passed away, and the WNFC Texas Elite and the Houston Heat uh, will be using the um, hashtag play for Lola. Uh, Lola Jenkins passed away this, this weekend or this past day or so. And so our condolences and prayers go out to the Jenkins family out there, the Spartans in the WNFC, and all of those folks that knew uh, Lola Jenkins as well. So Burmy, how's it going? Doing pretty good. Quite a so happy to finally be back in Wisconsin there because I'm riding right now. We're on West Dallas riding with with my aunt. Kathy is having to take me back. So they take me back there. Thank you so much. I feel so good to have so much support there. I'll be back here on the back on your show as well. Oh, thanks, uh, Michael. Um, So, you know, last two weeks we've had some, you know, some bad news. We had uh, Jennifer Moss pass away uh, for the Majestics there last weekend and, Unfortunately, uh, Odessa's mom passes away this uh, this last weekend. So um, this, you know, past Monday. So um, you know, what a, a emotional time on both sides of the sport. Uh, so it's it's going to be kind of a ride that way for a long time. But uh, we're hoping the Spartans will come out and do their thing like they normally do. So it's going to be great on on Sunday. Yep, they they both rest in peace. I trust that they. I know that they will be, especially if you thought they were motivated before, they're going to be even more so now because they're ready to win. The, yeah. Because they're ready to, both are ready, going to be ready to win the nine cup, I believe it's called. And that would be the perfect tribute. Yeah, the road to Denver is on both, in both leagues. Kind of interesting in that regard, right? Uh, everybody's conveying on Denver this year for some reason. <laughs> before we, yes, have, it, I mean, you know certain other states and now we have one state owning both uh the championships in women's pro football so it's cool there's 
in both in both of the exact same stadium as well. Marv Cave Stadium on the campus of Colorado School of Mines in Golden, Colorado. Really, really nice stadium. I've kind of dived into looking at it, and so it's a really, really uh, good facility. So we're looking forward to uh, making the trip out there as well uh, to check out those. Um, so, Burmy, uh, tell us a little about the tour. How's it been so far? Any hiccups or what's been the experience? 2,200 in Las Cruces. That's huge. That absolutely. I was happy. It was a real joy finally being there. You know, I've been They've been one of my very favorite teams to cover on my page for so long. Felt so good finally being there. Have to, to cheer them on there and to help rally on, to help rally on the crowds as, as, as I was the one who was waving the flag there to get the crowds going there. Pretty exciting, right, uh, Michael? I mean, it's, I don't think I've seen that in any other, not even D1, D2, the amount of people. It just felt like everybody in Las Cruces was in that stadium. <laughs> I know there's probably more than 2,200 people in Las Cruces, but you know what I mean. Yes, I know. It's just the way they're doing things is something they have. Their team is their team. Of course, the family, it's the Olohana. They reach out. They reach out to everybody they go to from across in town there. So everybody likes to check out. They're really happy to have it. They're real, everybody's really happy to have a team, a perennial contender at that, an absolutely well-run team from start to finish, from top to bottom. That. They're absolutely happy to have that right in their hometown. So, I think this La Muerte de las Cruces. I see they're going to be a they're going to be a force. They're, they're going to be a force to win the game both on and off the field for quite some time to come. Yeah, you got to give credit uh, to their uh, efforts off the field. That tells the, tells you a lot about the team's on the field efforts as well. So they've done a good job there. Um, unfortunately, uh, Burmy, they fall to uh, Laura Baden's uh, Phoenix Phantoms, 36-24 this past weekend. So uh, it's uh, one and one for them. So they're going to be going up against Mile High coming up this weekend. So a big challenge. Yes, it is. But, of course, you, of course you're at the game. You, you'll see that they were moving to play all the way to the bitter end. Remember, they were trailing 36 to nothing at the start of the fourth quarter. They had a – they put together a, a – one of the most amazing rallies I've ever seen. 24 unanswered points in the fourth quarter there. So I have a feeling it's going to be a different, could be a different result when they meet again in Phoenix later this year. They're going to be, they're going to, I think that is going to be a fantastic game between them and the Mile High Blades. Mile High on a blaze, uh, you know, pun intended here. They're 2-0. They, even before the season started, they were, you know, already in, you know, we're going back to the final mode. And I think uh, everybody in, everybody there, you know, Smooth Laurie, uh, Sasha Cruz, you got Pornol uh, uh, out there as well. So they, they're loaded offensively, and it's starting to show. It is, because they've, they've been building something amazing for the last few years there. They want to make sure that they – they're going all in, make sure they win their first championship national title this year in front of the – in front of their own home fans, so you thought they were you thought they were a force in years before. I think they're gonna. I think we've only seen the start of what they can do. Uh, Michael, everybody's uh, criticized uh, WFA for the D1 slide, uh, D2 somewhat still, you know, probably the focus for the season, but D3 has been like you know just completely 
a total different league. It's like another league in a way. Um, I know a lot of people, you know, didn't a lot of people criticize that and all that, but um, there is a lot of teams in D3, but the reality is there's probably only a handful that are really impactful, and that's Orlando. Orlando has just shown it this year and continues to show it uh, from last year to this year, and they're still there. Uh, Massey, I think, has them, I think, a number one or number two, if I'm correct. Vegas, that's the Orlando Anarchy, defending D3 national champions. A lot of people have been asking me why they're not D2 because they're actually stronger. They're actually stronger than two of Florida's D2 teams, the Jacksonville Dixie Blues and Miami Fury. Because of course, no offense to them, but this is why a lot of people have been asking, bring up an idea that they think that D2, as we know, it should be dissolved. That D3 should be rebranded as D2, and that the remaining teams should be this teams there, which were part of the District D2, should be redistributed, some of them going up to some of them going up to D one, some of them going down to, to the new D two, what is now D three. This is what a lot of people well, are hoping I can, for. I can tell you uh with my homework this week, because apparently, you know, in in the past years I can get away with talking about, you know, three or four teams in D one and, and a couple of teams in D in D uh two and there was really no need to talk about D three in some you know in some lengthy state. But this year it's totally different. It's the flip side, right? There are just so many teams. Uh, I think Massey, when I looked at Massey this past week, Massey has Sin City uh, number one in D3. Um, and I, from what my, my information has gathered, they got Lexi Demio out there as quarterback, and it looks like Sin City was a team that faced the Valkyries in preseason. So I don't know if that you know, matchup, Really helps Sin City here, but they are two and zero in the Pacific right now. Uh, look right behind number two ranked in the Midwest is the uh, Panthers of Mississippi, and then you uh, are going to Iowa Phoenix, which is our girl Mackenzie's team, Mackenzie Brooks here. Um, she's you know they're on fire, and so uh, Orlando is number one in the Southeast with you know no question there, and they're the defending champs. So. Um, the only drawback would be here would be maybe Arkansas dropping off completely. I don't know if it's roster or what, but the, they just don't seem like the team of last year. Well, that's that remains to be seen. We're going to see them over the course of the year as they go play their opponents. We're not sure whether Arkansas really has fallen off or whether the Iowa Phoenix are just that great this year. It could very well be that the Phoenix are just that great because with the new ownership, new branding, with a new focus there, because remember, the Iowa Crush stayed in the IWFL as long as they possibly could. With the new team in Iowa and the WFA, I think that this is going to be a real new awakening for women's for the, for the women, new step for women's football in the Hawkeye State. Uh, Burmy, uh, let's stay in D3. Let's talk about D3 here because, you know, I've gotten messages before. You don't talk about D3. You don't talk about any of D3. And I usually have to just write on my messages, go see Club Burmy because Club Burmy talks about D3 all the time. You know what I mean? But let's just talk D3 here for a little bit because um, Orlando, cream of the crop in the southeast. Then we have Music City. Uh, then you got South Carolina uh, Smash, right? Those are the top three in the southeast. Then we go to the Pacific. We got Sin City, South Oregon, who has been competing pretty well with, uh, you know, D2 as well as D3, and then now facing some of the D1s. Uh, Nevada, 
and then Kern County who had that issue with the stadium. Then you have on the Midwest side, the Panthers, the Phoenix, and the Royalty all in the three, three-way battle there. So Mississippi is going to be a hotbed in terms of, you know, neck and neck and trying to make some rivalry there, which the Royalty and the Panthers pretty much already settled, you know, putting up a rivalry there. In the Northeast, Toledo uh, got the benefit, obviously, of, you know, getting their first win. Cincinnati, first win. Then you got D.C. Uh, uh, Derby, who is one and one. But Derby's been facing some top competition, and they get – this week they get uh, to play, I believe, let me where my schedule is here, uh, Derby, Derby, Derby. I want to say Cincinnati. So they play they're Cincinnati. playing Cincinnati this weekend. And I yeah. announced it just so you know that Derby City and ten, the Diamondbacks being in, listed in the Northeast region, Lisa confirmed her, herself confirmed me that that is a typo, which they're hoping to get fixed. Derby City and, Tennessee and the Diamondbacks are still in the Southeast region. Oh, I see. Okay. So there, there's a, there's an error that needs to be fixed. Okay. Um, so Cincinnati Derby and then Derby gets the luxury of the return of the slam. And that team is retooled and ready to, to make the, make their statement back once again in the D2 uh, realm of things. So um, I don't know what to tell you, but uh, Taylor, Hay- Taylor Hayes is a little, you know, off time giving birth to her daughter and now they're back. So the one year off and, it looks like St. Louis is for real. They're looking like, well, we're going to see, well, they're certainly looking to be motivated, especially motivated because with last year, the team taking off and them winning the last two D2 championships before that, they're ready to prove that they haven't, they're ready to prove that they haven't lost a thing. So, which is why they're going to be a really, they're going to be a really dangerous team this season as well. Um, but I think it's, what it really makes are you surprised that Kansas City is doing this bad, or is just the fact that they're facing better competition? Because they're the D1. I, in my opinion, do not consider Kansas City D1. I think D2 would be the better classified for them. I think Minnesota should be maybe D1. Uh, St. Louis could qualify as D1, but they prefer to be D2, and they're probably D2. But at this point, they, they fall to Minnesota, and now they fall to St. Louis. And so, are you worried about Kansas City? Not really. I believe they have. They were just playing some deep. Remember, as you said, Minnesota and St. Louis are both teams where a case can be made that they belong in D1. So they. So it's not really. I don't really consider an upset when the Vixen or the Slam beat the Titans. There, we're just going to wait and see how the season plays. Season plays out for them, because. Remember, they're in the D1 Midwest region, the only region in D1 where there's a possibility of a team missing the playoffs. So they're going to have to. So they will be motivated. So they were going to. Their focus is going to be on finishing ahead of the. Their focus is going to be on finishing ahead of. Ahead of the Dallas Elite and/or the Arlington Impacts. There. So. I don't think we. I don't think they're not. I would not count them out yet. So, Michael, do you think it hurts all these teams, or in terms of the Massey ratings, does it hurt that the schedules are made up where D1s are facing too many D3s or even D2s and not really facing any real D1 competition? Because it's just really that's what it looks like now in terms of the Division One, you know, Tier 1, 
where, you know, none of those teams are going to face each other technically during the season. They're facing just D3 and D2. So battle-tested, that's going to be the question. I know on the other side, you had uh, the Divas with a, uh, an amazing win, 54-22 to debut in their new home against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, obviously not the same team when uh, Lisa Horton was there, but they still have similar you know, weapons with Cazo and Baker and everybody else, and Baker now under center. So um, the D1 realm on, on the East Coast, in terms of, you know, the, you could have just put Pittsburgh, I think, as D1. I don't know what the reasoning was to go to D2, but that's what it is. So they um, lose to D to DC. DC looks pretty strong. First showing out there. Uh, Scott looked pretty good. Uh, Congaldi looked good. So this looks to, looks going to be like a it's going to be a, a neck and neck battle once again with Boston. Yes, it is going to be. And you know what? What else is that? Now they got you. DC has got Utah Falcons veteran Lexi Floor on the team now. So they're going to be a real – so this – I think she, Lexi could very well be the last piece of the puzzle for them to reclaim the championship. They look pretty good. The run game was good. Defensively, they played really well. Um, Pittsburgh made some mistakes, of course, um, and they're probably a brand-new team, and they're looking different than what they were in the past. So they're not the same team that it was. I'm- so I guess it makes sense for them to be D2 classified. Breaking up over there. We're driving on the highway there. Uh, can you hear me? No? I'm sorry. My signal's not very – I can hear you not – I can hear you that one. Okay. No, I was just saying uh, it probably makes sense for Pittsburgh to be D2 at this point, given the fact that they're uh, rebuilding. Yes, I, th- I think it does because, remember, as we saw in – Honestly, remember how sometimes, sometimes the wins and losses can mean the opposite of what you expect there. Because I think the reason why we're, I think the reason why they got to was remember in week one they just they just won a close one over the Cleveland Fusion, a team they had been historically dominant over. That that was a surprise in week one. Yes, I will agree because that was under a, a one touchdown and the score, so it's very competitive. Mm-hmm. Cleveland, uh, you can't count out. Cleveland has improved over the last two years. So they have, they've shown that they're a better team that people count them out. So yes, they have they put more, up 46 more points focused than ever there. So I, more folk, as I said, more focused, they're more focused than ever this year. I, have, I think that this could very well be the year that we see. This could very well be the year we may see them get back into the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. Uh, they're one and one right now. Uh, their only loss, obviously, to Pittsburgh, and their their win against uh, Capital City. But they're going to obviously start to face a little better competition here. Um, Michael, uh, we can't just. I, I guess do we just say automatic for the Renegades? They look so good for the last two the two weeks against Tampa. They look really good against New York. Um, I mean, I just it just the we're just waiting for the Boston. DC collide and see how they're they're all both going to measure up. Well, I think it's, but well, I think this could be a. Sorry, what was that? No, I was saying uh, Boston. We're just waiting for Boston to DC to see how they both measure up with against real comp, equal competition. Well, I, that is going to be. You know, that's always going to be a close. That is always going to be a close matchup. 
perhaps the greatest rivalry in all of women's football. So it's just going to have to wait and see there because Renegades look there. They they looked especially dominant over some really good D2 teams. So we're just going to have to wait and see what that game turns out to be. What what a run game. Uh, They pick up uh, Ruth Mata, six-time champion of the Baffa women and all-world running back for Great Britain. Um, they, you know, they could, didn't have to add that piece, but they did. <laughs> and so, uh, Cahill, Beinecke, you name it, Smith, uh, they got a lot of weapons. So, Renegades, I don't think anybody's really going to be testing them unless it's D.C., uh, you know, for their schedule and maybe Philadelphia. Well, I think that this could really be – this could really be – yeah, I think the Renegades look like they could – Remember that game they have on Father's Day weekend. I think that that may that is the playoff game where they went. There is pretty much guaranteed another matchup with Divas. Winner goes all the way to Colorado. So yeah, it is. I agree. Some... <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with you. I think that that will be the deciding factor for a lot of people, um, Massey included. That'll be the the, the icebreaker for both teams. Um, what do you say of the shockwave, uh, Burmy? Uh, the Oregon teams are starting to impress me. The Hawks, the South Oregon Gates, they're starting to impress me here. Even though they're playing, you know, D1 and D2 competition, uh, two touchdowns, the uh, Oregon Hawks put on the uh, shockwave. So that's pretty impressive for me because they could have easily been a, a donut for them, you know? They're more – I think the Oregon Hawks there, they're more – there's another example of a team that's more focused than their, more focused and even stronger than their predecessor was there because they're they're actually they have a whole new outlook, Hawkeye and all that where they're ready to be ready to put on a professional quality product for the fans of Eugene. So we're already starting to see it show on the field. So it is going to be very interesting because I think that of all the the D3 Pacific Northwest, the Hawks the Lady Gates and also the Tacoma Trauma, it'll be interesting to see who wins the three-way series between them. Yeah, I, I like I said, I'm pretty impressed right now with uh, some of the teams on, especially the Oregon teams. Um, South Oregon is ranked number four in D3 right now by Massey, so that's pretty impressive, number four. They're even a, a way above uh, Orlando, number five. So that's that's really good for them. Um, you have contention there. They've played pretty well, so we'll see how they play out this this coming weekend. But uh, I mean, that's pretty pretty good for them. Um, Burmy, you have uh, Derby City. Uh, Colum- Columbus uh, took down Derby City twenty to eight. Derby City with that seventy to zero opening win, and all of a sudden they come back to earth here. I, any worries on Derby City against Cincinnati? Not at all. Remember, not a, not at all. I don't. In fact, I th- I'm actually impressed that they were able to take such a great team as the Columbus Comets and have it be this close of a game. They were into some really big things this year. That's what it looks like. I mean, they they're, they're, seem like they're determined. Um, and if they can play against a D2 squad and only you know only lose by almost a, you know at a touchdown or so, that's uh, pretty good. That tells you a little bit of good things about their program. Um, Let's see here. What's the other matchups? Let's me go. Let's go to week three now, since we we talked about pretty much week two here. Let's go to week three here. Uh, let's get some picks going here. Uh, we got Arlington 
taking on Houston, and I believe that's the energy. Uh, energy coming off their IWFL uh, championship and into the WFA here. So uh, Impact trying to make a name for themselves. At this point, there's no more Texas, uh, Texas elite, you know, as Spartans. The Dallas elite is a good squad, but it's nothing compared to, you know, what it was before. So is Arlington really the jewel here in the, uh, in the Texas swing? I really – that remains – honestly, I think we could have another case of how it is in the – how it is in the heart – of how it is – know how it is in the heartland where the case the Titans are D1, but the Vixens slam about beating them. I think that could very well be the case in Texas as well. But I believe the energy could be the very best WFA team in Texas there. Because I, I very well could see the energy pulling this one off there. Being this, being, being another example of a lower division team being the most dominant team in their state. Um, Bernie, you think energy is is feeling a little disrespected since they come from the IWFL and now they got to face the WFA team. If they pull out this win against the Impact, that's going to show a, a little bit of grit from them to try to figure out to get into this WFA dance. Yes, it is. We'll do that. Remember, they are the they, are the, they won the first three WPFL championships and the very last IWFL championship. They are not – the Houston Energy are not a team you are supposed to overlook. No, I'm, that's why I'm mentioning it because it looks to them like they got a little bit of fire under their belly. And uh, Arlington is 2-0 and right now. And uh, if they want to go 3-0, and they got to really – they're going to really be contested against the Energy. Yes, they will. It is going to be a really intense game. All right. The next game we got on there is uh, Portland. We'll be taking on South Oregon. We just talked about uh, the, the gauge right here. So we'll see how Portland takes care of the, the other team in uh, Oregon. They, uh, they beat the Hawks 53-14. to 14. Now they're taking on the South Oregon Lady Gates. So we'll see how they, you know, figure it out. But Lady Gates put up 52 points against Tulsa or uh, against the Spartans, I meant, 52-0. to zero. So it uh, looks like they can put up some points. We'll see how competitive they are against uh, the Shockwave. I think the Shockwave are going to win that one, but it is going to be close. We're just going – we're going to see how great of a team – even just – it's going to be – even though it's going to be just a close game, we're going to see how, that exactly how great of a team the Lady Gades are. In a lot of, the, a lot of these cases, the close losses to strong teams do better to – do better to demonstrate your team that demonstrates the strength better that way than they would with the wins. Over the Agreed. Other, the peers. Agreed. Um, I just think that WFA did a disservice to Cali War because there's like nobody, uh, no, no D2 or no, no anything. It's all D3 teams. So that's going to be, I think that's going to be a detriment for them as they get down to the, you know, the last weeks of the season. Hopefully that's not the case, but that's my feeling right now. Remember, if you look at the Massey rankings, they are ranked currently ranked number four overall, and they haven't even played a single game yet. Remember, much like the LA Warriors, I think there's going to be a road game in their playoff run, but they're not going to let that let it get them down. All right, um, let's go to D2 here. Tacoma uh, against Oregon. The Hawks coming off that, uh, you know, 53 to 14 loss to uh, PDX, and then Tacoma. 
I believe, coming off a loss as well, if I'm correct. I don't have my notes. Actually, they beat. Tacoma. Actually, they beat the Seattle. Actually, the trauma are D3, and they oh, beat the right. D2 they Seattle the Spartans this last week. They beat the, the Spartans. Spartans, right? Yeah, you're right. So they took care of the Spartans. Um, so a win. Uh, this could be a double, double the win, or it could be an Oregon. You know, uh, I would say upset here. Uh, in terms of they've played the, the teams D1 and then a D2 team. So we'll see how their program stands out there against Tacoma. Tacoma probably the best game be in women's football. I don't think it's going to be – I don't think it would be an upset on either side there because this looks like a matchup which either team could win there. This yeah. will be a very closely play, well-played one. It's probably the best name I, I can – that's my favorite name in women's football, Trauma. Just, just, just an awesome name. You can't just change it up with that. Um, all right. Um, Burmy, uh, in your neck of the woods, in the Midwest, the Vixen uh, against the Dragons. So up in Wisconsin, uh, Wisconsin goes to Minnesota. Should be on Town Square TV, so you can catch it live as well. Um, so all the road games are on, uh, I think, Town, Town Square TV. So they do a great job there. And uh, Brian Sweeney out there as well. Um, Minnesota taking on Wisconsin. So that's going to be a big test for the Dragons and, and kind of a rival in a way. Yeah, well, the Vixens have always had the edge in the rivalry. I don't think the Dragons have ever beaten the Vixens. So I expect the Vixens are ready to get, come from that, pick up from where they left off last year and actually make this, make, this, they, make this the year that they finish what they started and get the national championship. I think that it's a pretty safe bet the Vixens are going to win this one. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, three and zero for Minnesota. You think they go three and zero here after a big win against Absolutely. Kansas City? Absolutely. Yeah, Laura Brown should be very happy the way it's going right now because they're they're the standouts right now. They're looking pretty well. And I think Massey. Let me check the Massey ratings on Minnesota. Let me see here. Um, I know they have them high. It's at Minnesota. Where are we at? Minnesota number two in D two. Right behind the slam, so they're looking for their second win. Actually, I'm sorry, their second win. Um, so St. Louis is two and zero. They're looking for their second win. So uh, really one and two right there. So that's going to be great. Um, let's go to D3, Philly uh, against Richmond Black Widows. Um, so that's going to be a pretty good clash. Uh, Philadelphia very always tough against anybody. They are really good, and Richmond pretty grit. I really believe that especially Philly's especially going to be more dangerous than ever there because coming off that really close loss to the Baltimore Nighthawks, I think Philly is going to be – they have a fire lit under them. They, This is going to be a real – both teams are going to play hard, but Philly is really going to turn it up there. This will be a big – this would be a big statement. This will be a big statement win for the Phantoms. All right. So the the, the champs will be taken on – Tampa Inferno, the Orlando D3 champs against Tampa Inferno. Big test for the Inferno, not so much for, I think, the uh, Anarchy because the uh, Inferno was able to kind of play with Boston but didn't really, you know, fare well. Now we're looking at their D2. Uh, I would consider this an upset if Orlando ended up beating Inferno. Would you consider that? No, I wouldn't because, remember, the Anarchy beat the Inferno in Tampa last year, 
The only reason why the Inferno won that other matchup last year is because the Anarchy were resting most of their starters in that last game. I say the Anarchy wins this one again. Okay, so you're taking the, the champs. All right, great. So you're taking champs over the Inferno. Um, so if you're uh, listening, Tampa Bay got a big test on here, taking down the D3 champions, and I don't think they're going to go down very easily. So bring your game on, as they say. Exactly. This will be quite a game. All right. Your Las Cruces, La Muerte de Las Cruces, taking on uh, Win and Mile High. Smooth Laurie out there, Sasha Cruz, and Forno. Um, I want to say they got to stay competitive here, but uh, Mile High has been putting up offensive numbers, especially with the weapons that they acquired offseason. Just scary. That's all I'm saying. Oh, yes. This is going to be. Another very well played one there. Even though I think Mile High is going to win this one, this will be the clo- this will be the closest test, the closest fight they've had of this season of any of the D- that any of the T three teams have given them are giving them this season. All right, uh, Burmy, let's let's move on to WNFC. Uh, let's get that going. What a weekend! Um, if you love football, you like women's football. Um, hats off to the WNFC for WNFC TV. You can catch pretty much four live games all in one setting, and you can also go and break out into the individual Facebook live broadcasts or YouTube broadcasts. Uh, Charleston Sports Net covers the uh, North Florida Pumas. Um, you have Facebook Live for the uh, Rebellion. You got Facebook Live for the Surge. Uh, Utah, Texas, almost, almost every team has either a Facebook Live or it's got some sort of partnership going with the live stream but you can go directly to WNFC TV and catch it all there. Um, so it's been pretty awesome. Uh, don't you think, Michael, you actually get to see kind of like a, like a NFL red zone type mentality. Yes, it is quite a big, quite a big deal for the game there. And so quite big, quite, it is quite a big deal for the game there. Unfortunately, I'm going to well, have to the, be going out for now there, but I'll be calling – Call me back once I get arrive back home to my apartment, okay? Thank you once again. You're uh, you're tuning out. For now, I'll be calling you back once I get to my apartment. Yeah, no worries. Uh, we'll, we'll catch you in a couple minutes then. All right. Thank you again. All right, no problem. All right. So okay. we're going to talk WNFC. Talk to that WNFC here. Yeah, catch you in a little bit. Um, we'll talk WNFC here in a little bit. Um, it's going to be. Pretty much the week two uh, came up with 42-6 to six, uh, Alabama, so uh, taking on the uh, New Orleans Hippies. Uh, and so New Orleans scores their first touchdown of the season. So congratulations to them. They made some good strides. And so uh, Alabama here 42-6. to, to six. I have some notes that I wrote down, and I'm going to go through them as well here with some of the intangibles that came up. And I kind of wrote down a list of things that are going to be relevant for a lot of people here, but I wanted to see how it pans out with the scheduling. The scheduling so far is going to be pretty well. Um, I think Phoenix coming up this weekend, Prowlers, but they're not part of the scope in terms of the standings and in terms of the rankings. Uh, They play two contests for the year, but they're not part of the scope in that sense. So that's going to be kind of different and unique in that way. 
Um, so we'll see how that works out in terms of the um, standings and the rankings, but um, if they upset anybody at all at this point, but we'll see how that, how that turns out. So I was looking at some of the, some of the things going on into the games. So uh, at the Atlanta Phoenix, uh, 55 to seven over the North Florida Pumas. Pumas struggled um, completely um, both sides of the ball. They had issues. Uh, Atlanta pretty well defensively. Obviously, as you can tell from the score, they did really well as well as offensively. They had a great game, Langley and Smith out there. Um, and then Utah, 54 to 14 over Denver. Um, the Seattle Majestics uh, rebound and they get a win, uh, especially after the Jennifer Moss loss. Um, so on their teammate. And so uh, Las Vegas, a lot of concerns in Vegas, uh, injury concerns. We got chemistry concerns. You got a lot of things going on in Vegas that need to be cleaned up and, and, and done that. They can't seem to keep up a series going here. They're not putting up points. Um, so it doesn't look good for them. So it's something to reevaluate themselves as a coaching staff and as players in terms of how competitive they want to be in this league. But it looks to me like they're having a hard time at this point based on what I saw. So Los Angeles Bobcats, probably the surprise team at the beginning of the season. I was shocked and not so much, but shocked at the fact that they edged out Seattle. And I thought maybe, okay, it's just a fluke. But uh, the Bobcats obviously proven us wrong here. They have some offensive weapons as well. 20 to 14, they take care of the Rebellion. The Rebellion lacks defense big time, and they only have one playmaker on offense, and that's usually uh, quarterback Nenji Martin. So uh, San Diego really needs to start evaluating their offensive output. They're not going to be competitive in this league if you can't put up points, and it looks to me like that's their issue right now. They're one-dimensional. They're only playing good uh, two quarters of good ball. They really need to play four quarters, and that's what Los Angeles has done has played tough for four quarters, and they proved it 12 to 14. Uh, they did not play bad in terms of the rebellion. In other words, they're not horrible. It's just a matter of one or two key adjustments on offense, and they, they you know, go up one score or two, and they obviously they got the opportunity to pull a game out here. Uh, Texas Elite, 34 to zero, and that's against the Nebraska Nighthawks. Nebraska, we said, hey, if they can just keep up with that, um, obviously mercy, uh, the mercy rule was applied. And the actual score was 30 to zero, not 34 to zero. So the Texas Elite continue their dominance right here in the WNFC from the best of the West, as well as Utah. So it's going to be pretty interesting to see as we go next within the next couple of weeks here. But I'll give you some stats here. The Atlanta Phoenix uh, averaging about 41 points right now through two games. So 41 points, two games here. That's what they're averaging right now. So uh, it's a big, massive, massive <laughs> score here. And the defense is allowing almost four points, three and a half points on average. So they're allowing not even a touchdown. They're almost allowing a field goal if you want to break it down that way. So they're a big, big, big-time defense in Atlanta. They're number four for a reason. They are here to make a statement. They're trying to crack one and two in the rankings. And I do not see that being a problem, especially if they keep up with the, what they're doing here. you got to play your games and then do what you got to do. Nebraska, very impressive so far, uh, averaging about 16 points a game. Uh, they're giving up about 23 points a game, and that's a problem. So on either side of the 
the equation, they got to start to fix something here because they're basically not going to be competitive enough to beat any of the top five teams in the rankings if they're only going to put up 16 points. That's not going to be really good. Uh, Utah, we won't even have to say, they are averaging almost 50 points a game, and they're giving up only a touchdown through two weeks. That's tough defense. That is a, an offensive juggernaut in Utah, and that's why they're ranked number one. Number one in Utah. Uh, Utah, Texas Elite, 38-0. Uh, to zero. And so that's what they're averaging, 38 points a game uh, to zero output so far. So great job on the defense. They've been playing, obviously, two teams, the Heat and the Nighthawks. They're going to play the Heat this coming next weekend as well. So, you know, both of those teams not at the same level as the Elite, and you can tell that because Houston gave up 42 points on their first matchup against Texas. I don't see that changing unless they are coming with some sort of you know, better armor going forward here. Um, so if we look at the Bobcats, they started off at 7-6 and six in their first game, 20-14. to 14. So we're looking at about 14 point, two touchdowns per game is what uh, Los Angeles is putting up here, and they're allowing 10 really on defense. So that's going to be a problem for uh, the Bobcats who cracked the number five, whether they can sustain themselves there or not. That's the question. Uh, they play tough games. Their defensive gritting is good. Offensively, they got that's the issue. That's going to be 14 points a game. Probably not going to cut it at this point um, in terms of where they're scheduled for in the Pacific. So that's going to be need, they need to do a better job there. Seattle, the same boat here. They're averaging about points a game. They're giving up about 40 points on defense. So the Seattle defense really struggling here, giving up almost 40 points, 35 points a game. And they're only scoring 14 points uh, unless, you know, the comp unless the competition is Los Angeles, which is equal to 13 and 10, uh, they got a shot. And then Las Vegas, which they beat as well. And Vegas has given up a lot of points as well. So uh, at this point, it's just, it's just a matter of improvement. On the Atlantic side, the uh, buyer, 42, uh, th uh, 42 to 6, the last of the victory year. And then uh, 21 points a, a game for the offense. 16.5 given up on defense. Same story as you would say with Nebraska. Same story as you would say with the other two Pacific teams that are going there. Uh, North North Florida Pumas, they were basically the talk of the, the week one, 47-0, and then all of a sudden they come back to earth here as they took on the Atlanta Phoenix, 55-7. to um, The Pumas are giving up about 30 points a game and on both sides, and they're scoring 30 points a game. So equal amount of scoring, equal amount of, of defense. That means they are not able to stop nobody, and they're able to put points on some, some folks, but problem on either side. So it's got something they got to look at here in terms of where's their identity. Is it going to be on defense or is it going to be on offense? Because right now it does, they have no identity on either side. They're putting up points offensively, but they can't hold anybody. So that's not going to boast well for you at this point. Um, New Orleans, you know, hats off to them. They put up uh, six points this past weekend. Uh, they are giving up about 45 points a game, which is very bad. And then they're scoring on average one field goal a matchup so far through two weeks. That's what they're scoring. They're putting up literally a field goal. You're not going to win games in any league if you're putting up three points. It's just not going to happen. So uh, just got you got to just get better. Just got to just go out there and muster up and try to do what you can and try to get better. Try to get offensively 
you know, better, uh, defensively better. I mean, it's just a matter of fi- figuring that out. The Rebellion, like I said, 14 points. They're giving up 31 points. They play two good quarters of football in both weeks, and they cannot play four quarters of football. So that's their problem. 14 points, they get ahead, they get a lead, they put up the points early, and they can't sustain. So they're at 31 points given up through the – it's not going to be very helpful going forward, especially when you're facing up against uh, the Surge, the Majestics, or even the Bobcats at this point. So you got to make sure that that's going to be improvement. So if you're one-dimensional on offense, you're able to put the points up, but you're not going to uh, you know, do that for four quarters. That's going to be a problem. So we'll see how that turns out. The San Diego Surge, um, they got to play one more, more, one more game, but they're at 42 to 14. They beat the Rebellion at that point. So uh, really great. If you caught the action at WNFC.TV, you can get everything there. Charleston Sports covers North, North Florida Pumas, Utah, Texas Elite, um, Atlanta, and everybody else usually has a Facebook Live at this point. So make sure you tuned in this weekend, week three. And the week three matchups are very crucial coming up here in uh, the w, uh, WNFC. We got North Florida Pumas taking on the Atlanta um, Phoenix, which their last contest was not that great. So you got to make sure that you keep up with it. So uh, Pumas get another crack at the Phoenix from last week. So time to muscle up and see how you're made of because Atlanta is number four for a reason and they're ranked number four for a reason. So uh, Pumas drop literally uh, to number eight in the rankings, in the week two rankings. So they got a lot of work to do. They're dropping fast. They got to be able to kind of turn it around here at this point. New Orleans against Alabama. Um, The Hippies uh, right here, they can make another improvement here this week if they want to. Another touchdown would be great or another two touchdowns would be great. You know, if they can put up at least 14 points here, that's an improvement week to week. That's an attaboy. Alabama as well uh, looks at number six right now, right neck and neck with number five, the Bobcats who move into the top five. So uh, Alabama really needs to figure out where they want to go here, but uh, they can do it. They have the firepower. They are able to do some good things here. I mean, they're putting up about 20, 21 points a game. They are only holding opponents to 16. So they're a really good team. They just got to be able to figure that out. They blew out. Their first game was 27 to zero. That was a great, great contest. Now uh, the last week it was 42 to six um, against the uh, hippies. So they got to really, um, they got to really, you know, figure it out here. They can get another win here. Uh, it's back-to-back rivalry week three for the Hippies. It should be another opportunity for them to improve and maybe put up some more points or even challenge the fire. Uh, we got Houston versus Texas Elite. Emotional Texas Elite Spartans right now, uh, given uh, Odessa Jenkins' mom passing away. Hashtag pray for Lola. That'll be their uh, drive and passion. So that's going to be Texas Elite against Houston Heat. The Heats really need to kind of muster up things here because it's getting down to that point where it's into the season. Um, this is their second matchup, 42-0. to zero. they got to be able to put some offense going here. And uh, looking at the Texas Elite scores, 42-0 uh, to zero was their first encounter. Didn't look that way. A great thing that they held them for 42, unless you go into a mercy rule, which Nebraska did, which doesn't vote well for you in the rankings anyways. So you got to be able to do, get a better showing here. 
the Bobcats will be taking on the Phoenix Prowlers. Prowlers really not part of the rankings, so this is kind of like a scrimmage game in a lot of ways. Um, hopefully uh, the Bobcats don't allow this to be a letdown game for them. It's going to be a real test for them here. Um, so we'll see how uh, L.A. does here, kind of a tune-up game for them. Um, we'll see how they, they play out here against the uh, Phoenix Prowlers. So that's coming up this week, uh, WNFC Week 3. You can catch it on WNFC.tv, and that's going to be the games. Akumas taking on the Phoenix, uh, New Orleans Hippies against the Alabama Fire, Houston Heat take versus Texas, and it's going to be Los Angeles against the Phoenix Prowlers here. The WNFC Power Rankings, uh, number one, Utah Falcons, number two, Texas Elite Spartans, uh, number three, the San Diego Surge, number four, the Atlanta Phoenix, number five, the Los Angeles Bobcats, six, the Alabama Fire, Seattle Majestics can maintain their seventh ranking through two weeks. The Pumas dropped from, I believe, number five, number six down to number eight because of their losses here. Nebraska maintains their nine, number nine ranking over, over two weeks, so they haven't gotten better in the ranking, but they haven't really dropped either. Uh, so did the Rebellion, still remains at number 10. Uh, everybody else is struggling. Houston, Denver, Las Vegas, uh, the Hippies, uh, they're all pretty much at the bottom of the barrel hill, so they gotta make they got to make some strides here. Between Vegas, New Orleans, and Houston at this point, it looks like Denver would be the only team to move up in the ranking here and if they make a move here. So Denver has um, a bye week here, should be able to regroup, get healed up, and see what they can do to uh, improve their ranking status here going forward. Um, let's go into Legends Football League. This, this weekend, YouTube via the LFL Legends Football League site on YouTube. It's going to be the Seattle Majestics. I'm sorry, the Seattle Miss taking on the Los Angeles Temptation. Uh, the return of Ann Erler, the return of uh, Monique Gaxiola, the return of Ashley Salerno, and then you're going to take on Snore, Jade Randall, Malloy. You're going to take on K.K. Matheny and the return of Chris Michelson to the C uh, Citizens Bank Arena. And that's going to be uh, this coming weekend, April 20th. It's going to be via the LFL YouTube channel. And we will get the breakdown of the game this coming um, next Tuesday. We'll break down the game entirely in terms of what happened in the game and everything else. Uh, this weekend, get ready for week two, Legends Football League action. Atlanta's team taking on the Chicago Bliss. Chicago really uh, retooled, revamped, no coach hack. It's a brand-new team. They have the mantle and the banner for the season, just like Seattle did last year. So at this point, just a matter of what this new roster is able to do. And uh, taking on Atlanta, who has returning veterans. We, we, the triplets are coming back. Uh, Ziegler, Lauren uh, Ziegler. You got Dino Rajowski, Dakota Hughes. You had the uh, talented Michelle Marshall and Megan Martinez from the acoustic. And so you can't go wrong there. And defensively, they got a pretty good squad there. So Dean Robinson's year here is if he wants to make a run at the Eastern Conference and Legends Cup, this is the year to do it. Can the Bliss, the retool Bliss, the brand-new coaching staff, everything changes in Chicago, can they somehow maintain the excellence that it was to beat this Atlanta's team? Or will the team make some sort of a statement here in week two? 
Uh, it's going to be over at Sears Center, and it's going to be on Saturday, April 20th. So you, those are the two games in Legends uh, Football League that's going to happen this week. Uh, also, if you haven't gone to the Hub, go to the Hub every week. We've got a lot of stuff going on internationally as well as domestically. There's a lot of things going on in uh, the Hub. If you haven't gone there, check out the uh, WNFC Power Rankings, uh, the WFRC Power Rankings Week 2, as just, I just alluded to earlier. Um, in terms of the rankings there. We also have basically a lot of articles going on over there. You can catch the Utah Falcons uh, in-game photos from the rivalry week that it was. So Utah against Denver, that's their matchup there. You can catch it there. You can also catch the Texas Elite Women's uh, Football, the Spartans, live broadcast against the Nebraska Nighthawks. So you can check it out there at the Hub. And you can also check out that awesome TD by Danielle Price of the St. Louis Lambs uh, taking on the Kansas City Titans. Check it out there. Pretty awesome uh, score. St. Louis is back. As we were talking to Burmy earlier here, they are in. And everybody's talking St. Louis Lamb. Even the Art City media is talking Art St. Louis Lamb. So you can get the recap there of the St. Louis Lamb on fire in 2019. After a year off, they upset Kansas City. 28 to 8 to improve the 2 and 0. Uh, Kansas City loses to a second D2 squad in two weeks, so they got problems here. St. Louis really has, I mean, uh, Kansas City really needs to uh, kind of reevaluate their offense, kind of figure out where where it's going wrong there. But uh, St. Louis on a roll, and they keep their record perfect at home with the win over KC. They get a bye week here, and then they're going to get, I believe, Derby City coming in as well. The other um, thing that was happening out there is in Sweden. The Carlsbad Crusaders open up the uh, Sweden Swedish Women's League, and that was against the Orboro Black Knights. So uh, you can get the pretty much game day photos uh, from photograph Benjamin Holtfritz. And Holtfritz, thank you for uh, supplying that to us as well. You can also get the uh, recap there as well on some of the um, finals uh, photos. They were at the uh, retouchreality.com. And that was a pretty cool collection by Daniel Lumber. And so thank you to him as well. And you get the lowdown there on terms of the Carlsbad 34-12 to 12 victory that happened against the Oroville uh, Black Knights. So you get the, all the photos and everything else. Pretty great action. First week of first weekend in Sweden. Then you get WFL action that's coming up. Uh, obviously, this past weekend, it was 35-0. to zero. The V-Queens of Saltillo remain undefeated, 35-0, to zero, as they, t- they took care of the Vaqueras of Monterey. You can get the recap there from Vangoria.com. We appreciate them networking with us. And then you also get the 2019 LFB championship um, that's set this coming uh, May. It's going to be facing uh, Bucaneras Bikini, taking on the Barracudas in the semifinals. They win 35-0. to Now they advance to face the undefeated uh, Nadeiras uh, over in Cancun for the uh, LFB championship the 2019 LFB championship you can get the details and the recap of the game at deportescantanaru.com.mx so uh, in Nadeiras against Bucaneras that'll be the fight for the LFB uh, championship 2019 so catch it at the hub everything's there we do an amazing job of networking with a lot of people to bring you the awesome articles awesome photos from the events as well as everything else that happens in the women's game internationally from different leagues, not just in the U S not just the WFA or WNFC, 
or North America, but from Central America, South America, Guam, Europe, and Australia. So I don't want to brag, but we have the best network on the planet, best network on the planet covering women's tackle football and both styles, NFL and legend style. And you get it every week at the hub at facebook.com forward slash great beauties, as well as you guys can go to the Zazzle, uh, no joke football shop. You help us support us there. Take care of, uh, some of the needs that we have in terms of paying us to keep the broadcast going for us. Hopefully you appreciate the broadcast and we try to do as good job week to week, as well as our um, hall of famers that during the off season, they're here, Holly Custis from the WNFC Seattle Majestics, uh, Louise Bean from Utah Falcons. We also have the college football guru, Troy Wilson and Iowa Phoenix standout and all-star uh, Mackenzie Brooks during the off season as well. So all those folks, Combined with myself, we try to keep it going here and talking women's American football, international as well as domestic. So you can go to the hub, support us at the No Joke Football Shop at Zazzle.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties. You can go to the Shop Now tab on the hub page as well. You can get up to 15% off this week, and you can use the code Bloom with Zaz, Bloom with Z-A-Z, and you get the the most popular shirt that we sell, which is the traditional shirt it is the traditional uh, no joke football shirt in the silver and gray get that and you can get zazzle black for about ten dollars and if you order zazzle black and you pay for it 9.99 one time charge for 12 months you get free shipping for the 12 months so it's a great deal nothing else we can do but that's the best deal we can get which is ten dollars and you get free shipping you can order anything else at the shop that we have so go to uh, zazzle.com forward slash Iron Beauties. Zazzle has been our sponsor for almost six years. Uh, we have uh, basically on the podcast six years uh, anniversary this month. So we want to appreciate and thank everybody that's helped us to get here, especially Zazzle.com. So go to Zazzle.com for Zazzle Beauties. Use the code Bloom with Zazz. Get uh, 15% off. And if you apply for Zazzle Black for about 10 bucks, you get free shipping for the year. Uh, the other thing was, you know, the uh, DC Divas live broadcast as well so you got to see uh dc divas against pittsburgh passion so you go to hub there as well you got week two recaps of the wnfc by the seattle majestics as they got their win 20 to 0 against the las vegas silver stars so that's a recap there there's a great article on bruce arians as well the assemblance of uh, coaching staff with diversity hiring uh, coach uh, Lori locos out there as well so a great job of Bruce Arians there. And there was an article there on profootballtalk.com. So that uh, kind of spotlights what he's doing there with the coaching staff for the Buccaneers. The other congratulations goes out to the LNFA Femenina in Spain, the seven-on-seven champions, seven-on-seven champions. And that is the Black Demons defeating the Gion Mar- Mar- uh, Mariners 51-0. Congratulations to uh, – them out there what a great weekend of action there you can catch it pretty much at the hub as well kind of load the lowdown the breakdown of the seven on seven competition uh it was a great event coming up this next weekend uh it's going to be week eight was the barbera rookies five and oh versus the valencia firebats five and one it was a great matchup in terms of the spanish uh women's spanish bowl that's going to be on the 25th of may so we got a couple weeks left there for the 999 event, and it was the Barbera rookies securing their finals berth 
with a 28-14 victory over Valencia Firebats. So that's going to be a great, great event and matchup there. As well as the Barcelona Buffaloes winning over the Badalona uh, Drax. So that's going to be the LNFA 999 race to the Women's Spanish Bowl. You got the uh, 7-on-7 championship that happened. And uh, Christina Gomez was spotlighted on our Instagram. What an amazing athlete there. Five touchdowns for the Black Demons as they took care of uh, the Guion Mariners this past weekend in Spain. So hats off to them. Uh, we got another uh, notice on the on, at the hub. Amsterdam Cats are going to be pretty much uh, going to be featured in a famous Dutch rappers video. So they're looking forward to that. They kind of sent us that notice out there. So congratulations to them for spotlighting their team over at the Queens Football League in Amsterdam. So we'll wait for their video and the, what it transpires from their arrangements to being on the set with that, with the famous Dutch rappers as well. So congratulations to them there. And like I said, uh, go check out the gallery for the MVP, Christina Gomez, on her five touchdowns as the uh, Black Demons won the 7-on-7 Spanish Women's Championship versus Guion Mariners. So congratulations to her. Awesome day. And then you can catch it live on replay. Watch the 2019 Spanish Women's National 7-on-7 Championship, and that is on via YouTube. And you can catch it right there on the link via La Liga Sports. Thanks to them for networking with us as well. La Liga Sports brings you the uh, 2019 Spanish Women's Femenina 7-on-7 Championship. So go catch it out if you have some time there. And then we got the recap from BeyondMariners.net on the uh, matchup that happened in the game there. XXFL Texas, uh, 9-30-6 was the victory here. The Generals taking care of the uh, Corpus Christi Divas. And you had the uh, Empire 46 to 6 over the Loreto uh, Hawks, and then 30 to 0 was the Sirens as the Lady Spartans forfeited, so they got the 30 to 0 victory there. We'll keep tabs on the playoffs as the XSFL Extreme takes in, takes effect here in Week 10. We'll see how far that goes there. I believe we got Burmy back, so let's uh, go back to Burmy here as he comes on. So, Michael, uh, just talking about the X, XFFL in Texas, almost season over there, but they've done pretty well. Week 9, the uh, South Texas Generals really stronghold there right next to the Empire. Absolutely. The Generals have built an absolute – the Generals have built a true dynasty there. I imagine – what I'm open – they're going to be as strong, the force in the XFFL, as the as – the, San Antonio, Texas legends are in the IWFA. Yeah, the IWFA is uh, somewhat, re- you know, changing up, but they got a really good league going there, Premier League, um, and they also have the regular season. They had a really good Premier League going for the season, so it's pretty awesome. Yes, they did, but I still think that the X, but I still kind of, if I had, but I still kind of like the XFFL product a bit better there. And also, in, in addition to the Generals and the Empire, we've also got the South Texas Cobras and the River City Sirens building something awesome. Yeah, the Sirens are really good, so they're up and coming. Um, I forgot to mention before uh, Michael comes on, you can catch the 2019 LFB semifinals, Bucanetas against Bar- Bar- uh, Barracudas, live uh, via LFB. 
and the replays there, the semifinal, you can catch it at the hub at facebook.com. You can also get the live broadcast of the DC Divas on Facebook Live as they uh, took on the DC, uh, the Pittsburgh Passion at the St. James Fieldhouse, their new home. Pretty awesome facility uh, when you saw it from the broadcast. So it's pretty cool. Absolutely. There's the, the Divas that become the first women, U.S. women's football full, full kit, 100-yard team in 10 years to play at a dome. That itself is that itself is quite amazing. They were able to get such a such a venue, especially when you think about how many games have been affected by the weather and all that. Weather's not a factor at all where they're at. I think and it's a really cool so really cool facility. I looked at it. Uh, it's pretty nice. It's kind of like an indoor soccer field type mentality, but it's a full football field, so it's really nice. Um, if you if you miss the, the champion Renegades against the New York Wolves, it's uh, right there at the hub. You can get the replay there, Boston Renegades, the 68-14 to 14 win over the New York uh, Wolves. So catch it there. So um, as I was mentioning before you come on, um, Michael, uh, everything happening in the, in the sport at the hub at Facebook.com, Gridiron Beauties. Check it out. Uh, the, the best network on the planet week to week. We do our best job to try to get it all situated. And then uh, you cover internationally as well as the local, you know, North American swings. So we do a really good job at that. And I, just want to, you know, I usually have to applaud ourselves for it because we, we do a good job. We try to network with everybody to try to get the information, articles, photos, video, whatever we got to do, and we try to do it week to week. So really proud of our uh, our staff here as well. Absolutely. This is, you've got something really awesome going on there with your show, covering all sorts of women's football, even the types of – even the brands which I myself don't cover, you get covered as well. So. So, you know, Michael, it's been great this season because uh, a lot of very good commitment on both in both leagues to have some sort of live streaming. I think that is just like the most amazing thing this year from the past years, right? This year we have consistent streaming. I want to I wanna applaud Molly Goodwin out there and Rich Daniel for uh, doing a great job so far this season of showcasing the broadcast for their teams week to week on uh, Facebook Live, which I think they've done a good job at that with their broadcast. So, you know, shout out to all those teams that are obviously trying to get a, trying to get a good product, good viewership out there, and a great uh, a time for the fans that cannot be there live. Absolutely. This, I think the real is getting it live so that people who are over there, people can go see it there live. That was how good – that is a really good – that's what I guess going there because – like you said, they can check it out for themselves online, and before they're going to go see, it, and they're going to go see it in the, they can go see it for themselves, and the, the folks, if they like what they see live, they could go see it for themselves in person. Yeah, and I think that's the the exciting part because we're all on the go, you know, but you still want to watch it, and uh, the replays are even as better as live. So even if you don't catch the game uh, when it starts you can always catch the replay. So uh, hats off to Boston and D.C. for doing their part there. Uh, in the past, you had um, the Passion doing a really good job with their broadcast as well. And then before that, obviously, Chicago Force did a really good job with their broadcast as well. So um, so it's going to be great going forward, and I think they're going to do it every week. So wh- why not? It's going to be awesome. So catch the Boston Renegades, the champions, taking on the New York Wolves right there at the hub, uh, courtesy of the Boston Renegades from Facebook Live. So it's pretty cool there. Um, the other things that came out 
story-wise, uh, Utah Girls Football League kicked off this weekend. So uh, we talked to Crystal Sacco uh, last weekend. So we're pretty excited. We're going to try to keep tabs on that as well and to see uh, Utah Girls Football League go live each Saturday or so. So we're going to keep tabs on them as well. And uh, it's going to be pretty exciting. And uh, she's got over 400 girls playing uh, tackle football now, uh, Burmy. So pretty awesome job over five years. I mean, uh, hats off to uh, the organization there. Absolutely. You know, a lot of people, myself included, have been hoping to start up a girls' tackle football league and right near where they're at. But I don't think, you know, if anybody is that, with that level of success as she has, they're doing something absolutely amazing. They're going to set another example of why, another example of that area now being, why that's becoming the new hotbed for women's football in addition to the super strong Falcons and another amazing teams in the Rockies. Um, so, uh, Michael, before you, uh, before you left me, uh, let's go WNFC for the predictions here. So, uh, week two, uh, I went through the spilt of – when you left, I went through some of the stats that are happening in the WNFC in terms of output and in terms of what the teams are able to do. But – uh, we're looking at uh, uh, Alabama taking on the Hippies. Uh, not a not a stranger rivalry here. And given the schedule for the WNFC, each team ends up getting the, gets to face each other probably more than once in season. So that's pretty good. So the Hippies coming off of a uh, a 42 to six loss, and now they get kind of a revenge game here. So against the uh, Alabama Fire. So Alabama put in about 42 points a game, and my stat sheet says they're averaging 21 points on offense and giving up about 16 points on defense. So pretty good, uh, pretty good offense and pretty decent defense in terms of stopping everybody. So the hippies are not on that track. Hippies are averaging one uh, and averaging about a field goal on offense, and they're giving up about 50 points on defense. So a lot to uh, do, make adjustments for in New Orleans. Uh, that is absolute. I agree with you. It is going to be another really big win for Bama there, because the New Orleans Hippies. Let's just say that there's a reason why they're ranked. They're they are ranked dead last in the WNFC power rankings. So they're trying to prove them themselves. They're trying to prove all the, everybody wrong and why they're they're try, They but so they want to get off their back and prove that they can be contenders there. I think very soon we very well might see them be a contender. We very well might see them come out on top, but it's not going to be this week. Bama wins it again. They're doing it for the bowl. Yeah, it's just it's it's going to be interesting to see uh, how that works out. Um, but you know, uh, the matchup that was interesting is the Pumas got off the got off the uh, week one pretty hot, <laughs> but they're facing the Hippies, of course. Nothing compared to that. Um, and now all of a sudden, you know. They get to face this past weekend. They got to face uh, the juggernaut that is the Atlanta Phoenix, <laughs> and Langley and Smith kind of showcase what they're capable of. Fifty-five to seven. So uh, North Florida Puma in the same boat as I mentioned earlier. It is a situation where they got to get themselves right because they're they're facing a back-to-back rival here. And I don't think uh, I don't think the Phoenix are going to give up much points just coming around versus their first clash. Uh, Atlanta, uh, Burmy, Atlanta is averaging 41 points a game, 
right now through two games. That's huge. That's massive. That's like Utah Falcons like. That's like Spartans like. That's yeah, scary. Yeah, is gonna ACL. I think this week ACL's got this again. North Florida's gonna put up another good fight. Gonna put up a good fight as they keep they gonna keep improving by the week too. But ACL's got this again. Yeah, and um, Atlanta. Here's a stat. Uh, Atlanta has given up besides, you know, the Spartans and uh, Utah. Atlanta is in the top three, and they're giving up three and a half points on defense. That's a field goal. Pretty stout defense. They're only giving up almost three and a half points. That's pretty pretty impressive. Yes, indeed. So uh, this week uh, we got uh, Atlanta taking on Atlanta taking on uh, Pumas. It's kind of like a revenge game for the Pumas. Can they muster up and get some more points on the board here? So we'll see how that works out. But uh, they got things to kind of patch up and do their best thing here. Uh, Texas Elite against the Houston Heat, an emotional Spartan team here with uh, Odessa's mom passing away here. I just don't see the Heat bringing much heat, especially after what's going on here with the Spartans. And uh, the Elite Spartans are 38 on offense, giving up no points on defense. Honestly, I think at some point this season, we could very well see either the Spartans or the Utah Falcons score 100 points in the game. Yeah, I'm, I, week four what, is what I'm waiting for. Week four, Falcons, Spartans, the rematch of the best of the West. That's, that's what we were looking for two weeks from now. That's going to be a game. That's going to be a really close game there because let's just because let's address the elephant in the room here. I think pretty much all, almost all of the WNFC games thus far have been re- really lopsided. Yeah, there's uh, I mean, like I said, the bottom barrel teams really are you know the brand new teams at the bottom of the barrel. So if you really look at the WNFC, you really have to look at the top six, and that's really where it's at. Who's going to really be competitive in the top six? And um, so this week, the Bobcats take on the Phoenix Prowlers. Prowlers are just kind of a scrimmage game for the Bobcats. So um, I don't know how to they're going to rank that out. I think they're just going to eliminate that game out completely. I don't. They're going to be an exhibition. Exactly, more of an exhibition. Remember when? Remember when the IWFL had their X teams? This is basically what the Prowlers are. But we've seen the the Bobcats. They've shown. They're they're showing that they can be a they're a real force to be reckoned with this year. But as we saw starting with their week one, with their big with their big, amazing wins over two really great teams, the Seattle Majestics and San Diego Rebellion, I think the Bobcats they got this one in the bag again. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's gonna, it's good it's a good scrimmage game for them, and also for the Prowlers, I think it's a good test uh, in terms of where they're at in terms of their program how they can stay competitive or where they're going to be at in terms of uh, setting up for the 2020 season. They're looking to come on board with the WNFC. Um, Bernie, let's go through the rankings here. Let's get your, your idea here. Um, so far, power rankings. Um, would you agree Utah, the cream of the crop after two weeks? I'd say it's a toss up. I have no idea how Utah got the number one spot over Dallas. I'm guessing it was a coin toss or something. But, yeah, I think Utah's, Utah and Tech, they think Falcons and Spartans are definitely the top two where their ranking out is interchangeable, of course. 
Well, well, the only difference in the ranking, uh, uh, Michael, will be what? Week four? <laughs> That's the only time it's going to really matter. After week four, that is going to, then you can, that is going to be the game of the year. Two, right? This is by far the game of the year. Yeah. After week four, we'll know exactly if the one and two really sticks or if it's going to flip. That's really what's going to boil down to. Yeah, exactly. Um, the surge, not su- you're not surprised the surge is ranked third, right? Not at all. Especially is Atlanta? Really... Is Atlanta now? Uh, do you think Atlanta is now the part of the conversation of the surge Spartans and Falcons at this point? I think it's the Atlanta. Yes, absolutely. They've shown that they can. They've shown that they are really. They are. They've shown that they are that great of a team there because I think they're one of. They're one of the only six. Only unbeaten's left there, so do not count. Make sure you do not count ATL out. ATL literally will be the team to contest in the Atlantic Conference because the Spartans and the Phoenix are probably on a collision course to collide. Do you agree? Yes, they, yes, yes, indeed. They're going to be whichever one. This will that will be another amazing match up there. One which I think the Phoenix could be motivated. I think the Phoenix are looking like they could be motivated to pull off the upset whenever they when they collide. I don't have a schedule in front of me, but yeah, I think it's going to be a great matchup. Guess. If it's a, for the playoffs, it's going to be a great matchup in the playoffs. San Diego does not get to face Utah unless we go to the playoffs. So there's a, a rematch Wait, of the uh, best of the West. Which I think, San Diego right? team? Which San uh, the Diego surge. team? The surge. Okay. Oh yes, because. In the WNSC, you got a disambiguate team, the Surge and the Rebellion. But, yeah, I think the Surge – I honestly think that at some point there, something I've been out, kind of spoken about on my page, you got to wonder what was going – what all went into the schedule making there. I agree with you. I do. I really agree. Why not, why not plug in the Surge, you know, against Utah? That would have been in making interesting. Yeah. Absolutely. That would have certainly got the streams going up there. Well, it would have made it interesting, right, uh, Michael? We have Utah, Texas in the in the in the schedule. It wouldn't have it wouldn't have been no, no big deal to put San Diego, Utah. So at this point, we probably will have to wait for the Pacific Conference Championship for, to see even the surge against Utah at this point. There's a chance that, assuming there's a chance that assuming the assuming the surge don't play the Spartans. There's a chance both teams could be undefeated heading in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, what do you say of the Bobcats? Uh, a very tough win, 7-6 to six against the Majestics, and then they turn around and they put 20 on Rebellion. Rebellion's a really good team. Unfortunately, they only play two quarters. Through the two weeks, they've only been able to play two solid quarters, and unfortunately that is hurting them. Offensively, it's hurting them. Defensively, it's also hurting them. So, um, Los Angeles, I thought for sure they'd fall here, but they did not, and they proved me uh, wrong, of course. And so uh, San Diego Rebellion, uh, I think uh, one-dimensional on offense with uh, Nenji Martin. They need to really step up and figure out what their identity is going to be because they're in the game, but they're not going to be able to finish if they're playing this kind of ball. 
I'm exact. That's kind of one reason why I was sort of curious as to how the WNFC was able to pick two San two San Diego teams there because the Rebellion this week is going to be crucial for the Rebellion because they don't because they I'm sure they don't want to get stuck, especially with Kanji at the head. She doesn't want them just to be stuck as the Jets to the Surge's Giants. No, for sure. You don't want to have that. But at the same time, it's like, you you know, Luis's point earlier last week, uh, Luis Bean, she said, if you are relying on just the quarterback to do the job offensively, you're it's not going to work long term. That's what her point was. Absolutely. That's honest. And that is why my – and that is a key reason why my Packers, despite having two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time – I've only gotten one Super Bowl out of each one of them because they relied too much on that quarterback. Yeah, and that hurts you a lot because uh, then you're just one-dimensional. That's not going to be really good. Um, yeah. Burmy, let's go. Let's go forward for week week four here. Week four, big test for Nebraska coming up here. It's going to be uh, after this week. Week four, Houston, Nebraska, both teams looking for a win. That's going to be tough. Uh, Nebraska has played well. Houston has only faced the Spartans. Uh, the Nebraska Nighthawks have already faced the Spartans. So they, they held them to almost 30 points, 34 points. Houston has not been able to hold uh, Spartans uh, week one to 42. We'll see what they do this weekend. So that's going to be a pretty interesting matchup. Then you get the surge against Las Vegas. Las Vegas kind of struggling offensively. I don't know if they got injuries or what, but – they are struggling offensively. They struggle against the Majestics as well in terms of offense. Uh, San Diego shouldn't have a problem there. They're playing pretty good ball there. Uh, then the Bobcats come off the scrimmage exhibition game against the Prowlers, and they take on Seattle Majestics. Seattle in a must-win, and this is a rematch of the first game, which was basically <laughs> basically a mash unit game. Everybody was being carted off, injuries. Uh, both defenses were just killing people, basically. That that was yes, indeed. Both of these that is going to be the game to look out for. No doubt the no doubt the Bobcats win over the Majestics. I don't know if we I don't it may or may not be an upset, but it was certainly the biggest state biggest statement win in the WNFC so far. No doubt the Majestics want payback payback and redemption for that one. And they played well this weekend, but it's against Vegas. So I don't know how much you can say, right? They played well against Vegas. Um, so, but this is a real test. Is this, Michael, would you consider this the rivalry for them? This is their rivals, right? This has got to be their rivals. North versus uh, West, South, North and South rivalry. I think if this, if this game is anything like the last one, I think this very well could be. It's a good game. I want to watch it again because I see what it comes out. And this is going to be at uh, at the uh, in Seattle, so we'll see how the Bobcats react there. And then uh, week four, we get the clash that we've all been waiting for, the rematch of the best of the West. It's going to be the Spartans against Utah. That's going to be in week four. That's uh, coming up on the 27th of April. Uh, week five, here we go. Week five, the – it's here – uh, it's going to be Majestics against the Surge in Week Five, so that'll be an interesting matchup there. Majestics is against the Surge. I'm more interested, Michael, to see how Nebraska, if Nebraska can take down the Heat, Week Four, 
and week five, Nebraska gets into that picture in terms of the rankings. The rankings will go up maybe maybe six, maybe seven, somewhere in there. Kind of interesting. And they have a good team. Uh, they have a blend of a lot of former players from the IWFL and everything else. So uh, they played really well against – I was impressed uh, when they played against the Spartans, holding them to 30 points. So that's pretty impressive. Absolutely. This will be – what was that game again? I'm sorry. That one's going to be on in uh, May 4th. May 4th, uh, it's going to be a really good game. And then you have the 27th. So it's kind of like a back-to-back games where uh, the Nighthawks uh, get the heat in, on the 27th. And then the on Nighthawks the, got on... this. Yeah, the Nighthawks got – this will be quite a game. The Nighthawks got this one. I still – I remember how awesome they – I remember because I still remember how awesome the Nebraska Stampede were in their very last season. They got the playoffs were a really strong contender there, so I think the Nighthawks are going to pick up where the Stampede left off. I agree with you. Uh, the next matchup that comes out going to be uh, Alabama taking on Week Six in, on May 11th. ATL taking Alabama against Alabama. That's going to be a really good rematch. We'll see how Alabama has improved so far. Uh, with game, you know, game time uh, at this point, and so we'll look, we'll look to see that. Um, and then Nebraska gets another crack at the Texas Elite Spartans, so that's going to be pretty cool. I'm going through the schedule as we're, we were just talking about here. Uh, the clash is uh, May 18th, Birmingham, Week Seven, WNFC Spartans ATL. It's going to be great. We get Week Four, we get Spartans Utah. And week seven, we get Spartans ATL. That's probably a preview of the Atlantic Conference Championship. Both will be really fantastic games. Something, something that both will be the two. They'll be, they'll, they will be the must-see games of the season. And then in that same week, uh, Michael, you, we get the uh, Rebellion get another crack at Los Angeles. So we'll see how they've improved since then. They're going to get another crack at the Bobcats at that point. Um, week eight is two games in week eight, and that's uh, pretty much the Battle of San Diego one more time, Surge, Rebellion. So we'll see how that goes out. Um, and then week nine is the final weekend. Final weekend, San Diego uh, against Seattle, and it is going to be the Surge against Denver and then the Pumas against the Fire, the Heat against the Hippies. Which one will lose? Which one will win? I think that's going to decide one of the winning. Who 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 leaves 2019 with a win and who leaves winless? It's really going to boil down to that. So, uh, pretty interesting schedule coming up for the WNFC. So, what's your impression so far, Michael? Pretty good ball. You, have you watched any of the games? I've not gotten to really watch any of the games, but that is some. That is going to be. I don't. I personally think. The best matchups are yet to come. Yeah, I think that's going to be great. Um, and I, I love the setup because it's sort of like you're playing each other more than once in season, and that's what I like. And then the fact – I also like the fact that there is a um, – uh, one of the, my, uh, one of my uh, fans on Facebook said it's kind of ironic, right, uh, the WNFC schedule is, right after you get to face Utah or, or Texas – Somehow you get a bye week <laughs> just to heal up and, and pray for the next better matchup. So it's kind of, I, I guess, it's, 
I don't, I don't think it was determined to be that way, but it's just the way it's worked out on the schedule where once you face Utah and, and the Spartans, you somehow you get a bye week. <laughs> Absolutely. Whoever faces them back-to-back weeks, they need to get some good some rest, especially yeah, if they, so, especially if they get any of the injuries as that could as could happen. Yeah. So WNF, uh, WNFC.tv, you can catch all the action this coming weekend. We got 20 games in the WFA. Uh, we went through them earlier today. Um, so you can catch some of the Facebook lives, and we'll get the links out there. We are following uh, pretty much the major players, Boston, DC Diva. Uh, we're trying to follow those major players, Orlando. Um, so everybody that's relevant and has a great program, we follow that. We don't follow every team, and that's what Club Burmese is about, right? Club Burmese at Club Burmese and Michael Burmese, he follows every team, including the D3 lowdown. So you want the D3 lowdown, you can go to a Club Burmese, the D3 lowdown as well. Absolutely. Remember, I've always stood up for the. I've always been been trying to stand up for the for the the teams that don't get a lot of coverage. So that way, so that's my thing, and I'm really proud to be the one. How about you covering those teams, which not a lot of us to cover, to get them their due shine? So, Michael, uh, the D3 uh, clashes uh, we talked about. So, who are you looking forward to this weekend? Orlando getting a, getting their big win here uh, in D3 against Tampa. I'm absolutely looking. I'm absolutely looking forward to that one because I think, and my picks, and I stand by my pick of the Anarchy beating, being the Inferno because they're still. Because a lot of people are wondering why the Anarchy aren't D2, and I really am one of those people, actually. Well, we talked to uh, Melissa, and she was saying she can't sustain the roster size. But, I mean, given her success now, maybe that will change. I hope so, so because the Anarchy, they are an absolutely amazing organization there. They have been, as I said, last year they became the only team – currently playing in Orlando in any post-collegiate National League to win the championship. The Magic don't have a title. OCSC doesn't have a title. The Solar, the new Solar Bears don't have a title. Only the Orlando, the Apollos were on pace to win a title, but we all know what happened. The Orlando Anarchy are the city's private championship organization. They're the ones that choose. So I expect, fully expect more and more people to be checking them out in years to come, and then things to only get better for them. All right, so um, Burmy, you got uh, Dallas against the Power in Division One. Um, I'm assuming the Elite will win this, just the way just my feeling is, and I think a lot of it has to be reassessed in the WFA. Do you think Lisa needs to reassess some of these teams that are not that good in the D3 format because that's just a lot of teams and. I think a lot of programs need to be evaluated. A lot of donuts per week, that's what I'm saying. There's a lot of zeros week to week to week to week, and that's not good for the brand. So I think, a, you know, an evaluation needs to be done. There are good teams in D3, yes, of course, you know, that, that stand out. I mean, there's probably, I want to say 20. Out of all the crowd, probably a good 15 to 20 are really good teams. There are some – there are absolutely – there may be some donuts, but there are also we've also seen some really really close game, some some really close games there, even some close overtime games. But yeah, I think you have a point there. I think after this season, they should try and reassess 
where things should be, what divisional placement is. As I say, my proposal is that there should be one flat league fee, so it's not decided by who pays the highest, who can pay the most league fee there, but rather it's one flat league fee, and the teams are placed, put in there based on how strong they are. And example, the top national champion in one national championship champions in the lower division gets promoted to the upper division. Some strong teams lower division promoted to the upper division. Last place team in the upper division relegated to the lower division, and all that stuff, just like they do in soccer. Yeah. That's why I'm, that's been my point as well for a long time. I don't understand how that not that's not functional. They do it in Mexico. FX Mexico does yeah. it. You know, they, FX Mexico has you know uh, the the division one, division two, division three. Division three winner goes to division two. Division two moves to division one, and the last place team in division one gets relegated to division two. So I don't understand how that's that's not functional. That makes you grow, makes you hungry. Right? If you're a program, you win division two, you want to prove yourself at the top at the highest level. Um, so I, I think it's right and I think the fee is the issue to your point. The fee is the issue. If you had a flat fee, I don't think anybody would be having problems like that. Yeah, that's exactly why. Somewhere in somewhere in between what the regular somewhere in between what the D one and D two fee is and what the D three fee is, have that be the flat fee for every team in the league. All right, so um, let's go through uh, the main mayhem. We'll take on the knockout of, is it Wolves? Main mayhem and Wolves this week. We got Philly against Richmond. We got Miami against Jacksonville. Um, I think Miami might get that one. Orlando, Tampa Bay, that's going to be the one I'm going to be watching uh, pretty much this weekend. I uh, got Mile High against uh, La, La Muerte. Going to be keeping an eye on that as well. Minnesota against Wisconsin. Uh, I don't foresee the Vixen falling here. Um, you got the Energy against uh, the Impact is the other one that I'm going to be watching. And then, um, of course, uh, Shockwave will be out there. Cali War, I just think, like I said, the WFA has done a disservice to them in their schedule. It's just going to be D3 teams against them. That's not going to be so competitive. I mean, it works okay for the D3 teams to get better, but the competition's not at equal level, so my two cents there. Um, what is the matchup, uh, D3, we said Orlando-Tampa, but what is the true matchup for D3, the Mississippi rival? Is that what we have to watch for, royalty against Panthers? Yep, we got the Magnolia, Magnolia State rivalry. We're going to get to see the original, because we're going to get to see the ori- Mississippi's original team last, last year against their offshoot inside this year again. That in-state pride, Hattiesburg and Jackson. Thanks to what Ty Brown has been doing, the Magnolia State is becoming a real hotbed for the game there, both with this team game being, in fact, just the fact this game is the one that a lot of people's eyes are on shows how much how much things have gotten better, direct, whether it be it direct, how much she has really helped out in the home state, be it directly or indirectly. And it's only going to even get more intense next year when the Biloxi Gulfport area gets their team. Oh yeah, um, Burmy number two Massey rating WF WFA uh, D three uh, Mississippi Panthers right now. That's pretty cool. And then you got royalty number seven, so two versus seven this weekend. Well, it's kind of too it's kind of too soon to tell from the rankings where they're gonna how that's gonna shake up the rest of the season there. 
but this week is going to do a good job of deciding who really, who's really going to, who really belongs, who's really that great, who's this, who's going to get, who's going to be on the inside track of the playoffs and all that. Yeah, the battle in Mississippi is really going to be one to watch out for. So we got that uh, going for us. Um, what other game is standing out? I think Music City takes on Tennessee Diamonds, I believe. So uh, I don't know if that's going to be anything, but M- Music City is playing good ball right now for the, for the two weeks. The Misfits are going to absolutely – I think, as Food as Daniel would say, gruesome win for the Misfits. Yes, gruesome win. Because if they keep playing like – if they keep playing like they did – the week I was there, that big win over the Cincinnati Sizzle, the Misfits are going to be a real force. Are going to be a real force to look out for on the road to the championship. Yeah, that was a that was a kind of a, uh, a wake up call for Cincinnati, and Cincinnati gets DC uh, Derby this weekend, so that's another big battle test. So DC a Derby against Cincinnati, Mississippi uh, Royalty versus the Panthers. And then we'll keep keeping an eye on Music City against Tennessee, see how they're going there. Um, I think those are the key matchups there, plus Orlando, the champs, of course. Um, I'm actually going to try to figure out if I can get a, you know, figure out Philadelphia against Richmond. That should be a battle as well. And then you got, uh, what did we say, Blaze against Las Cruces. Um, that's another battle. So a lot of, a lot of contested uh, out of the 20-game slate, some pretty good battles go- going on. Another one I'd look at is is the game between the Arkansas Wildcats and the Tulsa Threat. This has not been the this has not been the year the Wildcats are the kind of start they wanted to have. Nor has been Wildcats want to have. Nor has been that way for the Threat. This is going to be pretty much a do or die game for both teams. So that will be quite that'll be interesting to see that as well. So um, I don't have the USWSFL um, week. Three. Uh, let me see here. Week two, it was Prodigy two and zero against forty eight to zero against uh, DNV. It was Hampton Roads uh, undefeated two and zero against forty to eight against Fayetteville Fierce. Um, I'd have to look it up. Do you have US USWSFL week three? Two scores there. No, I hadn't gotten a chance to check the scores because I was stranded in all these different places there. But from what I've seen here, the Keystone Assault. The Keystone Assault beat the DMV Lady Knights there. A good one. Oh, okay. So you have that on there? Yep. So that was that the only game, or was it another game? There might have been, there were some other games there. I and I think the not sure whether it was this week or last week that the Tri City Thunder got the big win over the West Virginia Wildfire. Do you think, Michael, would it be out of the ordinary if the Prodigy moved to the WNFC? Would that be a shocker? I honestly don't. I honestly don't think it would be a shocker because they've been wanting to, because they've on because they've been trying, because the WNF it was certainly fit in with the trend of WNFC's acquisitions there because they got a they got a couple of last year's USWFL powerhouses so. Maybe so. It might so I think that I'm honestly thinking that wondering that if wondering if we could see a San Diego situation in WNFC for DC next year. You think so? Divas and Prodigy could get on board. Well, if the Divas, 
I think the WNFC, they may try to get a package where the Divas are going to have well, – they're going to make – I think the WNFC is going to make the Divas an offer they can't refuse to get the Prodigy yet, to let the Prodigy in. Would it, that would – well, you know what? That's, that's not surprising in a way. I think uh, competition-wise it would be – I mean, to have the Divas in the WNFC, that would be, what, Elite, Utah, San Diego? Wow. That would be impressive. Because they're honestly, I am shaking up. I could see that. That's that's the way. That is certainly the way things are trending there. And even though that is certainly the way things are trending there, with the D, a lot of the D1 teams as they as they realize that as the playoff as the D1 field gets thinner, the teams are going to be starting to want more serious competition there. And I think WNFC is going to make their move. And Burmy, that would renew the rivalry between DC and ATL. That would make it really nice. Yes, it would. DC has typically been, I think DC's won every one of their matchups, but ATL has only gotten stronger past these years, so it'll be something to see. Yeah, if you can get if you can get DC Divas and Prodigy and ATL on the Atlantic side of the WNFC. Now you got yourself a power a powerhouse uh, league with some really stout teams. I think the Prodigy is good in the USWSFL, but if they really want to test themselves, I think it would have to they would have to either go WFA, but I doubt WFA will let them in. So more than likely, it would be WNFC. Yeah, and I think that and putting my own putting my own personal disagreements with Nashville aside, they have the fun. They have the funds to, as I said, if they would, they would go and make the Divas an offer they couldn't refuse so that they could coexist with the Prodigy. Yeah, correct. I agree with that. Um, so, you guys, uh, all season long, we have the best network covering the sport on Twitter, at Backseat Coach, at, uh, w, uh, w, uh, at Coach Ash's uh, four-point stance, four underscore four uh, – four-point stance, and then uh, you can follow the links there on our Twitter feed as well, ourselves. And then on Facebook, same thing. You can go to Burmy, get the lowdown on everything that's happening in the WFA plus every uh, US WFL plus status in terms of what's happening in the WFA D3 scene. Um, so the best network on the planet, you're covering it, we're covering it, everybody all networking together We uh, for the 2019 season. So you can go to Twitter, you can go to Facebook, um, you can also go to Instagram with certain uh, accounts that we have as well. So uh, pretty awesome, uh, Michael. It's like everybody kind of working together, kind of bringing the attention to the sport. Um, and I think that's pretty great this this season, especially now that we got like Facebook Live for a lot of the games. It really makes it exciting to kind of hang out and kind of like NFL game day on Sundays. Absolutely. This is going to – this is truly – I think this is – this is going to be another. This is another key part, and more and more people becoming aware of women in American football and the women's and the women's football in general. People are going to help. People, sport leagues in general. People are going to more people are going to check it out there, and they're going to be interested and ready to follow that. I mean, it was by people seeing what it's like there, and just having people having people they know close to them. That's how they become big fans in their own right. That's how Neil. That's how the writer Neil Rosendahl became so involved in writing for women's football when his wife had briefly played for the DC Divas. 
That's correct. Uh, Neil's pretty much a historian, especially with the uh, encyclopedia and stuff. Um, I got hit both his, both his copies, the addendums as well. So pretty good resource if you're not in tune with what's going on in the women's game or you have no history of it as well. So it kind of gives you a nice breakdown of some of the things that you can look forward to. Um, Michael, I don't know. It's a, It's been a good two weeks so far. I'm very excited. WFA has been very exciting. Uh, D3, like I said, uh, you know, it's over cluttered, but like to your point, uh, it's only two weeks in by week four, week five, we're start we're going to start to see who rises to the top and who's not rising to the top and kind of focus on who's going to be the top 10 teams in, in D3. Yep. Especially I said, as critical as I had been about there only being two teams per region in D3, honestly, we had, Lisa had to realize, now I realize that Lisa had to make the best of things with only that one date being available for the stadium. And actually, and solid test purposes, that just means the regular season is going to be really intense there. And then when, then when, we see, when you see the final rankings there, that's always, rankings in the selection, that is going to be so complete, that is absolutely going to be full of emotion, as there's going to be a lot more competition for those two spots. I agree with that. Uh, so everybody go to the hub at facebook.com forward slash gridiron beauties. Uh, we're going to get the lowdown coming up on Lexpa starting out. We got the ladies football Monterey in action, ladies football arena in Monterey. I uh, will get the updates there after the uh, week four. It's coming up. We're also going to get week one uh, results of FX Mexico. FFX Mexico, Burmy announced they are going to be part of the transatlantic tournament uh, as it comes around here in 2020. September, they're going to field an all-star team there. So it's going to be a great event um, put out there in New York. And we got Birmingham Lions coming. We had a couple teams in in the States that's going to come over as well. Uh, we heard that Wolves, more than likely we're going to get a candidate. Yeah, and more than likely we're going to get one. We're going to get a candidate representative as well. So I don't know which team will come over from Canada. So it's going to be like a North American type of event. So it's going to be great. I think it absolutely will be because I'm already tra- looking at plans to make to get tickets booked to New York City for that time there. There's even a chance to see because those are some of my favorite teams playing in there. So I'm gonna have so I will have to make it there. My brothers always want to go to New York City as well, so I might bring him there, introduce him firsthand to the game there. And what what a way to introduce him to uh, an international setting. I like you doing soccer, right? Mexico. Uh, England, the States, Canada. Uh, should be pretty cool. Um, we'll see. And I heard even a Costa Rica team was thinking of coming up as well. So hasn't been, I mean, nothing's been finalized, but there's a couple teams that have been confirmed. Uh, that's Birmingham, a couple of the teams in the States, plus FFX Mexico. So it's going to be great, great event at the Transatlantic Tournament number two that's going to happen there. So get the latest breaking news, updates, and everything else at the hub at facebook.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties. And stay up to date every week uh, on the best network on the planet covering women's American football. You have been listening to the best podcast covering women's American football weekly with NFL News, and that is us. And we want to thank Zazzle, our sponsor, for helping us out for six years running. And this is our six-year anniversary on Block Talk Radio. And now we're on TuneIn, Apple Podcasts. Player FM and a bunch of other outlets. So I want to thank everybody that is sharing, uh, posting, and commenting and doing what they got to do. 
at the hub at facebook.com for slash grand interview. So, uh, Michael, I mean, I, I did not realize that I was going to be here, what, almost seven, eight years later and growing what we're doing and people bringing attention to the sport. And so it's like, it's kind of great to, you know, be able to contribute in that way. And uh, now we're seeing more of an impactful thing on social media because we've got video going now, not just, you know, posts or write-ups and things like that, but week-to-week action on video makes it really exciting. It truly does. That's gonna, people are going to see for themselves. It's only going to get better there. It's only going to get better with time there. Once football is going to become more widespread, it's going to be all going to be thanks to every bit, every bit, every bit where folks, that everyone is involved is going to be playing a part in this rise up to the top there. So, uh, Michael, what is the next uh, city that you're going to that you just came from, and what, what's our next tour date? I came – I just come from this really crazy – really the stop there. And I last week I went to Las Cruces to see La Muerte de Las Cruces, host the Phoenix Phantoms. This – I'm taking this weekend off for Easter, but next weekend I'm going to be – weekend of the 27th, I'm going to be headed to Ventura, California – see the Ventura County Wolfpack hosting the Kern County Crusaders. That should be a clash, pretty good clash. Uh, Kern's really good. Ventura uh, must improve, so we'll see how that, uh, you know, transpires on that day, but uh, we'll see how that, that's a D3 clash, I believe, right? Yes, it is. All right, so, Michael, where can everybody go to get the lowdown on everything that's happening in the WFA, WNFC for every team? And that's Club Burmy, right? What's the link? The link is the link is Facebook.com groups. Okay, the great the group name is groups slash WTF Nation. I can't change that. That was his former name. But just type in the search bar, go to Club Burmy for women's football fans. So Club Burmy for women's football fans, weekly interaction there from everybody. Uh, how many members you got now, Burmy? I'm currently not at my seeing my computer, so I can't see right in front of me that yet. But you got over two thousand, you think? Yes, I do. And I keep adding more, oh, and, and I keep adding more and more. So if you ever want to talk with other people in women's football, just go to Club Burmy and see. Because my goal is to bring all women's football together, and so that Club Burmy is a big step in that. So just go join Club Burmy, talk to the fellow people in the game. Getting a better understanding there and strengthen the bonds and grow the game. All right, Mike, thanks for coming in, making the time, and uh, I hope you had a great time in Las Cruces and looking forward to your Ventura trip. And uh, you guys can get the posts up there and uh, Facebook Live as well as he's heading on the road to Ventura within, what, two weeks from now? And so it should be an exciting game against Kern, the Kern County Crusaders. It absolutely will be. Thank you. And thank you again for host, having me there on such short notice there. It was so good to be no. back home and to be talking with people. There. I appreciate, Mike, uh, you making the time. Uh, you're always welcome. Like I said, you always you get a Tuesday off. You're always welcome to come on and chat uh, about the sport. And we're doing it weekly, so uh, you know where we're at every week, every Tuesday. So when you get a chance, just let me know. Hit me up. We're more than happy to have you on. So Club Burmy in the house. Uh, it's going to be in two weeks. He's going to be in Ventura County. Uh, he witnessed the 2,200 strong Las, Las Muerte de las Cruces fanatics out there. So what what a great uh, week of 
women's football the first two weeks now. Now we're going to week three. Um, we're going to get exciting action, XXFL playoffs coming up. We got FFX1 week one. We got a lot of the playoffs in legend style play as well down in Mexico, WFL, LFB. So a lot of things happening in the women's game. Go to the hub at facebook.com. If you guys want to support the podcast, myself and everything else, you guys can go to Zazzle. Zazzle has been supporting us for over six years. Um, they're the ones that keeps us afloat. We really appreciate it. So go to Zazzle.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties. Get the No Joke Football shirt. It's a pretty basic shirt, 15% off. It's under 20 bucks. And if you get Zazzle Black for 10 bucks, you can get free shipping for the whole year. So help us out. Help out our sponsor. And uh, we'll get going there and uh, bring awareness to the sport. Helps us uh, spotlight another talented athlete like we've done this year with Smooth Laurie in uh, Mal High and Sasha Cruz as well. And, uh, uh, and also Kelsey Cristiano as well. So, um, Michael, uh, I don't have my, uh, my co-host here, but uh, always a great time. Thanks for coming in today. Uh, we should get the girls back after the season. Holly Custis, big win this weekend uh, against the Las Vegas Stars, 20-0. to uh, Iowa Phoenix taking care of business, 24-0. to That was McKenzie's team there. Um, Troy's out for a couple weeks here. He should be back on the 30th. But uh, always a pleasure for you coming in and um, kind of filling in as co-host as well. Hey, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure to be on this show. As I said, whenever I got a Thursday off, you know where I'm going to be calling. Thanks. Thanks, Michael. Have a great uh, safe ride back home. I hope you are uh, arrived back home great. And then uh, we look forward to the Ventura trip. I am back trip. home right now. Thank you so much. Have a great night. You too. Take care. All right, guys, that was the famous Michael Burmy at Club Burmy on Facebook. Uh, we are going to be back next week as we look into week three of the WNFC, week three of the WFA, plus everything that's happening internationally in the game. And you can always get the lowdown at facebook.com forward slash Grand Beauties. Check out our shop before you get out of here. Go there, 15% off. And the code, I believe, was Blossom with Zaz. Blossom with Zaz. Check the code out at the upper right-hand corner. Uh, if you're international, not a problem. You go to Zazzle.com. At the very bottom of the site, it says Worldwide tab. Check out your country code there. Special codes also there for savings. Check it out. Order some stuff from us. If you order anything, uh, make sure you, you can direct message us on Facebook at the Hub, and we would be more happy to post it up and check everybody out that you're wearing and sporting and supporting our uh, Zazzle uh, products as well. So check it out and go from there. We should have uh, back next week, we should have Louise Bean back, uh, Holly Costas, and Mackenzie Brooks. They're in the off-season mode for our podcast because they're obviously busy uh, with the Iowa Phoenix season and the Seattle Majestics. And we should have Troy Wilson back after the 30th. So uh, it's going to be great. So thanks for Michael Berman to coming in today uh, and filling in for the two hours. Pretty exciting. And we will be here next week for 270 as week three of the WNF, WNFC and WFA kickoff. And we'll see who's moved up in the rankings, who's in the Massey running as well. So it's going to be pretty exciting. So uh, check us out at facebook.com. Go to Twitter daily for breaking news updates and healthy tips and check us out there as well. So um, for Oscar Lopez and for the absent co-hosts that were here and for Michael Burmey, we'll catch you here next week on the Great Iron Blitz right here on Block Talk Radio. Tune in, Apple Podcasts, and Player FM. Have a great night, everybody.